The following podcast is produced or sponsored by a community member. The content, views, and opinions expressed are those of the participants, that would be Todd Bloniars and Howie McClellan, and do not reflect those of BMC or the town of Belmont. BMC welcomes your comments. Call us at 617-484-2443 or email us at access at belmontmedia.org. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the TOST Podcast here on the Belmont Media Podcast Network, found online at belmontmedia.org slash podcasts, and also on soundcloud.com by searching Belmont Media. You can listen to the podcast at your convenience by downloading the free SoundCloud app that's available on both iTunes and Google Play stores. I'm Todd Bloniars from the award-winning Time Out for Sports Talk TV show, available on BMC channels 9 and 29, and also found on demand at belmontmedia.org. And Manning is co-pilot's chair here at Studio B. Always glad to be joined by Howie McClellan. Yeah, that's why it's me, and that's why they have that uh, waiver at the beginning about this isn't uh, part of anyone except us. <laughs> right. Well, I even I even jazzed it up and threw our names in the disclaimer this time. Just to How's be on that? the safe side. These are the opinions solely of Todd and Howie and nobody else. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, uh, how, how the heck have you been? Uh, I know Great. We, we normally take the summers off, and uh, part of the reason— In more ways we, than one. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. So, so be it. But I think part of the reason we also do it is we, we come back kind of re-energized— uh, and, uh, you know, we've got a lot of pent-up opinions or whatnot, and it kind of makes for uh, more uh, entertaining, unscripted, uh, you know, banter or debate or whatever you want to call it, uh, yeah. back and forth. Now, the interesting thing is I actually did have uh, – there was one show that we were going to plan around the uh, – this is going to be a Patriots show, by the way. We're going to talk a lot of, put, you know, obviously Patriots football right around the corner. I mean, they're in preseason right now as we're recording this, and the regular season starts in less than a couple of weeks. And we'll get into that, but uh, I actually did have a uh, Red Sox uh, show planned around the trade deadline, uh, the July 31st trade deadline with your nephew, Chris Mason, who, of course, uh, is a beat writer for the uh, Eagle Trib. And, uh, well, uh, as it turned out, Chris had other plans and had to kind of bail on us at the last minute, so we canceled that podcast. And in hindsight now, I kind of think that was probably a, a good move because I think anything we would have discussed on that would have been on a more optimistic vein regarding the Red Sox. And frankly, there has been not, not a whole lot of optimism uh, with this year's team at all. I was going to say even more reason why the taking the summer off was a good idea and not having that show because evidently, as it turned out, they didn't do anything at the trade deadline. So anything we would have talked about would have just been purely spectacle. Yeah, I mean, we would have been speculating on whatever was going on, and it just wasn't happening with the Sox. Uh, so, I mean, I always say just keep it interesting. The football season starts, and eh, they kind of did this year, but uh, they just didn't get on any type of roll. And and every time they it looked like they were gonna, um, they would you know they'd win five in a row and then lose seven in a row. And you know when I heard there was I forget. When they had this, the game that they just had a play that they just finished against was the suspended game. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, right, right. All I heard at the end of the game, at the during the uh, post game was, ah, oh, he goes, ah, oh, it's the only time we can play it is that day, and uh, you know we're going out on the West Coast, and it's going to take a lot of time away from golfing and Disneyland and everything. And I said, really? So that's where your minds are, mm. golfing in Disneyland. Nuts, let's get this game and win it so we can go on a roll. So right there, I cashed my chips in on them. 
Yeah, well, that, that's it. I mean, you know, the way it was supposed to work is they were supposed to finish the homestand the day before, and then they were going to fly out that night to the West Coast, so they would have had an entire day to spend in San Diego before they started their weekend series out there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they were looking at that, right? They had all these things planned, you know, SeaWorld or golf or whatever. And uh, But, yeah, it, it's exactly the problem with this team this year is that for a team that's you know, been six games out of the wild card spot now for a good two or three weeks. I mean, their focus just wasn't, you know, isn't it hasn't been in the right place really all year. A lot of that has to do with uh, ineffective starting pitching. I mean, you can go right to Chris Sale, who's just had a terrible year. And now I don't know what his future holds, because frankly, I know he's done this year, but I don't even know, you know, about next year. You know, they're saying, well, he's got the injection in the elbow, so that's fine. He won't need surgery. Well, six weeks from now, when they check his elbow again, they, he may very well need Tommy John surgery. And, you know, what a great uh, time that would be uh, kicking in year one of a big five year mega contract that they gave him and you know i think you and i at the time even said on that sale contract boy i don't know why they gave it to him before the season given his history yeah i mean in, in inevitably like i said you, the, he's probably gonna need surgery down the road that's what we always find with these things all these uh, shots and rehab all they have, all do is prolong it and then we say well why didn't you just get the surgery six months ago you know because like i said come spring training he'll still have a problem and he'll have to get the surgery and if he had got it now he probably could have been ready by mid-season next year but no he won't be ready for next year but i figure with that long contract right now if he can give us three and a half good years out of the five i'll be happy because these guys always seem to get all these pitchers seem to get arm problems on and I don't understand it because years ago they used to throw so many more innings they used to throw complete games and they just didn't seem to have this problem that they have I mean you, you see it from young ages from high school college you know minor leagues everybody seems to have an arm problem now why didn't they have those problems before I mean they had some but it doesn't seem to be the amount that, that we see now yeah, the only reason I, you know, if, if I had to try to answer that, I would say maybe there's a lot more hard-throwing pitchers now than there were back then. I mean, you know, back, in, you know, even 20, 30, 40 years ago, yeah, guys threw fastballs. I get it, and some of them threw 95. Nolan Ryan, Bob yeah. Gibson, uh, but you can count Danny those, McClain. Yeah, you can count those guys on a couple of hands, though, whereas I think a lot of guys were all around kind of pitchers, and they would they, they at least had the extra, the secondary pitches that didn't put as much wear and tear on their arm to complement their fastballs. Ball. And I just, you know, feels like now you've got all these guys that are all trained, especially like look at relievers, short relievers. They're all trained to pitch one inning and they all come in throwing 95, you know, miles an hour right off the bat. And the whole strategy sometimes is to load up your entire, you know, uh, staff for a game with all these 95 mile an hour throwers to keep the batters off balance because every inning there's a new guy throwing heat and they can't catch up to it. I always so. thought it was the guys that threw the curveballs and the junk stuff that had the problems because <laughs> well. of the way they distort their arms. I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen it speed it up to the way it looks almost slow motion, but you see a guy throw a curveball, he goes, the upper arm goes one way, the lower arm goes another way, and the wrist goes another way, and it's like the torque on the arm is just mm. phenomenal. And I would think that would put more of a strain on it than someone who uses the same motion unless, unless it's a repetitive motion is what's wearing it out. I mean, when you and I were both young, you know, Little League or whatever, they, they would, you know, even when you were in high school, they were saying, don't try throwing a curveball yet because, you know, you can't, your arm can't do that. And, yeah. it's just... and then when I'm watching the League World Series, they're talking about the lollipop curve 
curve this kid was throwing. You know, it's like, <laughs> really? 12 years old, he's throwing a lollipop curve. Good for him. I think, Howie, you might have just found the answer to why these guys are throwing their arms out early. Yeah, very well. <laughs> throwing lollipop curves at 12, probably not good for the old arm. Anyway, uh, let's go from uh, baseball throwing arms to football throwing arms. And, you know, this is going to be a, a Patriots-heavy show. Uh, although, let's kind of start off, I guess, you know, there's been a lot of a lot of news going on. I guess one of the big stories from the weekend, which kind of came a little bit out of the blue, uh, the uh, Andrew Luck uh, retirement at, at age 29. I mean, this is right up there with, you know, Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson, James Brown, uh, or Jim Brown, if you want to go back. Uh, should, yes, he was he was known as Jim Brown. Yeah. So that's, uh, you know, but all those guys retiring like right around 30 years old. And, uh, you know, Luck just, uh, boy, this, this uh you know, when you listen to him, it sounds like it's something he'd been thinking about for a while. The timing, though, is, uh, you know, kind of uh, odd. But uh, you, what are your, yeah. your initial thoughts on, uh, on Well, I, I think he got this last injury at the beginning of training camp, and he probably said, oh, no, here we go again. I can't do this. I think, I think he might have felt okay going into that. Um, I think you're going to see a lot more of this, and it might not, and maybe not even just this reason, but with all the head injuries and the, the problem with the, um, you know, the brains getting scrambled from all the hits. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of guys coming in, playing six, seven, eight years and getting out, get their money and get out. And, and I don't blame them. I mean, every year, like he says, pain, rehab, you know, injury, pain, rehab, injury, pain, rehab. I mean, it's like a, a never-ending cycle, and it does. It does take the fun out of it. I mean, just think of yourself when you when you get hurt. I mean, it it's terrible when it happens, but, you know, to have it happen over and over and over again, um, I don't have a problem. I mean, I, those people that booed him, they were just terrible. That was sad. You know, booing him coming off the field when they heard about that. You know? Yeah, I mean, well, I think part of it was, you know, that they're, you know, obviously everyone's glued to their phones now, so they're sitting there in the stands. They're probably, you know, it's late in the game. It's a preseason game. They're probably not paying their full attention to what's happening on the field, so they're getting little alerts on their phone, and all of a sudden this news comes up. And, you know, some of them are wearing the number 12, the Andrew Luck jerseys at the stands, and they're now they're reading, oh, Luck has just retired. Wait wait a minute. You know, I just bought season tickets and everything, and uh, now, uh, you know, now we're going to have to go. And, and even the expectations of what was supposed to be a pretty good Colts team this year, they were looking to maybe win 11 or 12 games uh, compete in the AFC and I mean all that's taken a pretty big hit with a guy you know who you know had a gr- you know good comeback season last year got the comeback player of the year award and you know now it's the Jacoby Brissett show in uh, in Indy yeah you see how the the Vegas odds jumped pretty high mm. of, uh, after afterwards were they like uh, five to one to 15 to one or something it just something crazy yeah, um, I mean, I think the win total got uh, moved. The from over like, under. Yeah, the over under went from like nine and a half to six and a half or something, you know, like that. But that's that's probably. I mean, Luck probably was worth at least three wins by himself. I mean, especially the way he had come back and played last year. I, I was just curious if they had a decent uh, center or tight end because I know Brian Hoyer was in their system before, you know. So you know, maybe they, you know, they need a backup and you know a little uh, guy to help uh, Brissett out a little bit. I mean, I think he could be the guy. I don't know who they can give us in exchange, but, you know, yeah. I thought that was a marriage made in heaven when I heard that. Well, Hoyer uh, could very well be on the trading block uh, for the Patriots, no question. You know, maybe in hindsight here, Josh McDaniels also knew what he was doing when he turned down Indy's job. Maybe he had, you know, looked at some of the health uh, reports on Luck and was wondering long-term how long. I don't know if he expected Luck to bail out this soon, but, uh, 
Uh, certainly, uh, you know, I was reading, uh, There's there was one tweet going around out there that uh, the former general manager of the Colts, Ryan Grigson, might have been responsible for uh, shortening uh, Andrew Luck's career. Uh, uh, while uh, Grigson was the GM there, I guess the average number of times uh, uh, Luck got pressured a game was like 16 times a game, which was the most of anybody uh, in the NFL. Most He was hit more than any other quarterback in the league. And interestingly enough, from 20, uh, 2012 to 2015, Grigson only drafted three offensive linemen before the seventh round, and none of those guys were very memorable. So, I mean, here you have, you have the number one overall pick. You give him this huge contract, which you should. He's the number one overall pick. You're expecting great things out of him. And, uh, you know, you don't back it up. I mean, you know, you know if Bill Belichick had had a number one pick and drafted a franchise quarterback, he was going to, you know, even even drafting a franchise quarterback with the 199th pick like he did. Uh, you know, he's gone out in, over the years and stocked up linemen in, in the early rounds to, to make sure Tom is uh, protected out there. And, you know, it uh, didn't... Uh, you know, it feels like this is kind of foolish if you're, you know, this is not a way to run a franchise. If you're the Colts, you know, you get the great quarterback. And remember the whole the whole suck for luck campaign or the lose for luck? And, you know, they tanked that one year, 2-14, and 14, after, you know, Manning got hurt. They get luck. And, yeah, and they now they're out of luck. In but more that, ways than one. But that's always <laughs> been the good thing. Belichick's always been smart enough to know that when you build a house, you have to have a good foundation. And all those times when we thought – why is he drafting an offensive guard or a tackle with the lower round picks and not taking that running back, that uh, wide receiver? Um, it's because he knows that if he doesn't protect the quarterback and he can't you know, get anything going there, it doesn't matter. And this is a perfect example of it because Indy, like I said, they had the great quarterback, but they had nothing in front of him. So, I mean, to take that many hits over and over again, I mean, that's just stupid. you got to have someone to block. I mean, like last year, right? Well, they go, they go out and they pick up the guy from, um, what was his name there? He was only here for a year. Oh, like Trent, Trent Brown. Brown. Yeah, the big Yeah, because they knew they needed, cause, but they had also drafted a, a tackle, you know, in the high, you know, a high draft pick, Isaiah too. Isaiah Wynn, who's going to be this year's starting left tackle. Yeah, I mean, know. he got hurt, but, yeah. but I mean, they're thinking, we got to protect Brady, we got to protect the blind side, so they go out and get, get these guys because they know that without that, everything else will fall apart. Um, but this thing with Andrews now with the uh, blood clots, yeah. that's going to hurt because the center is the – he's the quarterback of the offensive line. Yep. You know, and that's as important as the guy behind him calling the signals. You know, because he calls all the line calls as a mm. rule. Yep. Um, so that's going to be interesting to see how well Mr. Karras has either filled out and, and followed it or whether they make a move and go out and get an experienced center or at least a good backup for him. Yeah, I mean, my, my feeling on that really quick would be Karras. I, I think Karras has been around here long enough that I think he's going to be ready to step in and, and fill that job. Uh, you know, it is a it is a big loss, though. I do agree with you on Andrews, or at least an underrated one that's not going to get talked about a lot. I mean, Brady's only played under a handful of centers in you know in his time, and and they've all you know he's you know obviously the whole quarterback center relationship. It's a rhythm. You got to develop you know some chemistry there between those two positions, and uh, you know. But I think the good thing here is at least Brady has worked with Karras before, so I. Think there is something there and that'll you know hopefully that'll that'll be enough to get get by and we'll again we'll certainly you know get to all that but you know before we get to the Patriots I have to bring up one last note here about luck uh you know his, his injury or his bad luck when it came to injuries it seemed to really kind of start to snowball beginning in the 2015 season really the last like four seasons well you know I, I know we've had the debate sometimes about sports karma and whether you want to believe it or not but interestingly enough it seemed like Andrew Luck's uh, run of injuries and, and granted it might have had to do with a shaky offensive line but I can't help but think 
2004 AFC or 2014 AFC Championship game. You know, Patriots, uh, you know, blow them out 45-7. And, uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, that's, you know, the whole deflate. That was the deflate gate game. Well, we all know how the Patriots have the fallout from the deflate gate for the Patriots has been two Super Bowl wins. Uh, and the fallout for the Colts now is no Super Bowls and uh, and, and now no, no franchise quarterback either. Exactly. So, yeah. again, sports hey, karma. Sometimes maybe this will open up a job for Colin Kaepernick. You know, maybe the Colts will come right. calling, Colin. Get ready. Yeah, you I know. know. Well, he's, he says he is. And, boy, I, 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 again, I don't know what direction they're going to go in. Obviously, right now, Jacoby Brissett, the former Patriots, uh, third-string quarterback, is there. Uh, although, when he was the starter primarily a couple of seasons ago, they, they kind of struggled. So, we'll see. But there's a lot of talent on that Colts team now. I mean, even their line has gotten better. And Luck just said, that's too late now. I can't. Yeah. You didn't want to go through the rigors of it. Well, you know, if we're going to draw this parallel to the Patriots, and you brought up the trend, like we're going to probably see other athletes retiring early well we don't have to look very far to see old number 87 or or not see old number 87 rob gronkowski uh, of course retired back in march uh, from the patriots and of course today as we're recording this he had a, his big announcement earlier today where he decided what he's going to be doing now and uh, apparently he's joining up uh, with a, a group called abacus health products and uh, they put out a line of uh, cbd products which uh, again what does cbd stand for i always forget is it uh, what's it's cannabis something something and i don't yeah i don't i'm not 100 percent sure to be honest with you obviously for those for those who are not experienced in this cannabis marijuana of course we're talking about here which has of course become legalized here in uh, in mass Massachusetts, and of course, there's the whole medicinal side of it, and the medicinal benefits, which I guess Gronk had mentioned today in the uh, press conference, that uh, is something that he's looked at himself. I mean, one of the things he's turned to to try to fight uh, some of the the pains. I mean, I know over the the last few years how you've jokingly, of course, referred to uh, Gronk as peanut brittle for all the injuries he's incurred. And obviously, he's been through a lot of pain, multiple back surgeries, and breaking his arm, and you know, all all kinds of stuff with him. And uh, you know, he he says that using this stuff since he's now again, well, he he noted that he's only been using this stuff since he retired. Yeah, w- wink, wink. Yeah. In the off season, <laughs> did I just they wink test? on the air yeah. loud, loud on on audio here? I don't know, yeah. but but yes. Uh, the point being, though, he says that this actually, I guess, he got introduced to it from his dad. Uh, who had been taking it for back pain. and uh, well, I thought he was just doing it from the 60s in Woodstock. Well, maybe it was a little <laughs> of both. Yes, happy 50th anniversary this month, yeah. right? Yeah, Woodstock. Uh, they did not have the big concert as they were supposed to have. That's mm-hmm. kind of too bad that fell through, but anyway. Um, so, yeah, and so Gronk, of course, he also kind of mentioned when he was pressed during his uh, his press conference today, they talked to him about his, his potential playing future. Will he ever think about coming back? And he didn't rule it out. And he even brought up, I guess, certain numbers. He said maybe in a couple of years. I guess at one point he might have said even in three months or something. I, I don't know. I didn't hear the three months one. But uh, anyway, I just uh, – I mean, what do you? I mean, the way he was talking today, it, it kind of sounds like maybe similar to the way Andrew Luck uh, was talking over oh, the yeah. weekend. That Gronk's probably done. I, I just have to think. Yeah, he's I, done. I just, I, I kind of wish he'd just quit playing with everybody and, and oh well, I'm you know you never know. It just you done. You, you left because it wasn't fun anymore. You left because the injuries mounted up. The older you get, the easier it is for those injuries. The fact that you know, Trey, man, he looks like he's lost a few pounds of muscle. I mean, obviously, because he's not trailing it. What makes you think he's going to come back in a couple of years, older, right, not as big, and is going to not suffer injuries? I mean, it's just not going to happen. So 
I just don't see him coming back. That's my own personal thing. I just he likes he likes playing that game with all the reporters and everything. But you know, enough's enough. You retired. Go on with it. I don't. It, I can see why you did. You did. You had so many injuries, and, you, and it's the same thing. It's just mentally wears on you, not just physically, but mentally. And if it's not fun anymore, if you're not having fun playing the game because all you're doing is working to get over the pain so you can play then it's no good. And, and like I said, it seems like the older they get, the more this happens. And that's why I say a couple of years from now, he's not going to want to come back. You yeah. Know? I mean, one of the things I uh, quoting him today in his uh, press conference, he goes, I want to be clear to my fans. I needed to recover. I was not in a good place. Football was bringing me down and I didn't like it. So, I mean, he was going through, yeah, like you said, I think a lot of this, uh, he was going through it emotionally and it was, you know, or, you know, mentally, it was just. Uh, he wasn't as fun loving as he used to be. Yeah, you know, yeah, it wasn't hurt. he wasn't Gronk, right? The Gronk we've all come to know and love, uh, for sure, and we're we're definitely going to uh, miss him. Of course, he also was there talking about that he wanted to appeal to the to sports government governing bodies of the world to update their position on CBD because he says it's just time. This it's time for this to happen, and you know it probably does because I mean how we before we went on uh, the air, I know you and I kind of talked a little bit, and you had mentioned about uh, you know the fact that you know they're trying to kind of downplay painkillers taking them you know in the nfl and other sports leagues and the fact is so what particularly in football though what are these guys supposed to do for pain i mean because when when they're done when it's four o'clock on sunday or, or sunday night when they're getting home from a long day of uh, you know football i mean they're they're, you know, the, they're not feeling good there's a reason why they they don't have they go right back to work the next day because half of them can't even walk they just get hit by a freight train Right, all all Sunday afternoon they were running into a freight train. It's just some of these guys can't even get up and move. You know, they walk limp. I mean, yeah, but they'll I be mean, ready for Thursday night. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's supposed to be this around, big right. opioid yeah. epi- yeah. epidemic. Yeah. Eh, you know, eh, stop it! Don't give them out. Stop doing it. Yet there's an alternative out there that they're not willing even to look at. You know, because of the stigma. I mean. Give it a shot. I mean, I don't think basketball even tests for it anymore, you know. And if smoking some pot because you're in pain is the worst thing you do, then I think you're living a pretty good life, you know. And if especially where it's getting legalized in a lot of states. I know federally it's not, but a lot of states it's legal. So, you know, what, what's it going to hurt? It's not going to hurt. They're giving away, they're giving out prescriptions for, for medication, Right. Alcohol, which is a drug, which is okay to do. You can go out and get shattered. Go drink a bottle of Jack Daniels. That's fine. But God forbid you take a couple of hits of a joint. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Well, how about the NFL just in general, in their, their overall support, or at least not publicly condoning, uh, you know, PEDs? Yeah. Rodney Harrison spent a whole career on, on PEDs, as he kind of mentioned after he retired. And, you know, and many other guys. I mean, and they didn't go out, and they weren't suspending players left and right back in that day. And, you know, even now it's Same with like, baseball. You know, yeah. Same thing, you know, until it, until it gets out and, and they start making a big deal about it. Then all of a sudden it's, oh, yeah, we better do something about this. But, I mean, that, but that's what it's coming to with pain medication now. You know, it's, like it's, a, it's a big no-no. So you gotta, but you got to do something. Yeah, I mean, you you can't expect someone to get hit by a freight train all afternoon and then expect them to just get up the next day and say, "Yeah, I feel good. Let's go." You know, you got to help them. Yeah, you you got to do something. Mm-hmm. I mean, just overall, when you talk about the NFL too, I mean, you know, you you see the trends everywhere. Uh, 
you know, that these guys just put themselves through this this hell, this physical hell every week. You know, one of the things I mentioned too, I, you know, you, you see with the like the preseason even they're doing more of the joint practices, less of the, the you know playing in the preseason games. For example, just to take an example, Tom Brady is one of many NFL starting quarterbacks who I notice, if you're lucky, might play one half of the entire preseason. Yeah. And, in fact, Brady only made it like a sometimes quarter they, Yeah, sometimes they only play two or three series. Right, but that's, that's you know, I was watching a couple of other teams in games, like Roethlisberger this weekend. He played this week for like a quarter and a half, and that's it. He, had, he didn't play the first two weeks, not going to play this coming week. So, in other words, most of these starters don't really play very Even in the third game, that all-important third game, remember the starters are supposed to play most of the way yeah. through? Most of them don't even get to halftime now. No. So, in other words, you know, part of it is the whole joint practice uh, aspect now that more teams are doing. Uh, don't tell Aaron Rodgers because I guess he's not a fan of it. Mm. But, but <laughs> most teams do it, and they, they seem to get a benefit out of it. But, you know, and again, it just kind of goes to the argument, why don't they just cut down on the pre- – you know, this just – why do you even have four preseason games in the first place other than – It's it, all about the money. Yeah, you know. Right. As, as you and I know as former season ticket holders, you know, you had to pay the same price for the preseason games that you did for the regular season, which – yeah, you know, to see, to we used see, to say every year how ridiculous it was, yeah. and that was the price we paid to have the honor of having season tickets. Is we had to choke on a couple, couple of hundred dollars for a couple of preseason games that we, if we couldn't go because it was a Thursday night, we went, we left at halftime because right. we had to go to work, right. um, or we get, or we sold them to somebody and, you know, felt bad about it because we knew they weren't going to see anybody. Yeah. Um, right, but, and of course, driving to Foxborough from the the Belmont area on a Thursday or a Friday night in summer. Oh, sure, the highways are usually empty. There's to no, pay fifty dollars yeah. to park, <laughs> right, right. one hundred and twenty five <laughs> for the seat, a outrageous amount for a beer and a hot dog to see who? Yeah, right. Yeah, who? yeah, no. Yeah, the, the third stringers. Yeah, it's uh, exactly. Know. But yeah, yeah, right. I think they got to cut down on that. Um, and yeah, with like I said, with all the joint, and the thing about the joint practices too is they're more controlled. You can have the red shirt on the quarterback. You're not going to get guys hurt per se, and they know it's got to be somewhat structured. Whereas in a game, you got guys in a, you know a preseason game that are trying to make a name for themselves. So it's like, you know, they're going to go out and make that hit, extra hit, or or take a cheap shot like uh, cheap shot that uh, Watson took. From, oh yeah, uh, for, was it Reed? Yeah, I think so. Oh, yeah, the the game last week, yeah. right? Game of concussion. He was already down, right? You know, and he and he hit him. I mean, you don't need that. It's bad enough that Benjamin Watson's already going to miss the first four games on a league suspension anyway. Probably a good idea now because of his concussion. It's probably not a bad thing that he is. Well, no, no, it's not. But, but the worst part is he would have had four weeks to rest. Now he's going to have four weeks to get his head straight, which he wouldn't have had to get his head straight if he didn't take that cheap hit. Exactly. You know, in other words, he could have really just had a complete rest. Now you're just kind of hoping, and, you know, with and again, with concussions, you don't know that those things can always come back. Yeah, anyway, and who knows how so. many he's had before that we don't know about, because I say every time you get another one, it's worse and worse, you know, so... Mm. Um, but yeah, they they got to do something with that. It's just it's just not feasible anymore. I, it just doesn't make any sense. And you know, I'm even starting to think that you know, I was a, I was one of those that said make it uh, two preseason games and add two regular season games. No, I'm not even to that. I'm I'm even thinking start the season a little early. Maybe maybe it, make it exciting. Have an extra round of playoffs or something. Mm. Do it that way with some. You know, right. incentive because they don't get paid. Uh, what do they get? They get minimum money for the preseason games. They don't start getting paid well until the season starts. Right. 
and, you know, make that carrot, say, you know, like I said, an extra round, a couple of extra teams make the playoffs, and they can go a little farther. I yeah, because yeah, to contract two games, the leagues, you know, the owners are just never going to go for that, unfortunately. They're not going to say, well, we'll just do 16-2. and two. Uh, they're not, You know, they keep saying, well, if you're going to get rid of those two preseason games or reduce it down to two, you know, add those two games to the regular season. Like you said, go to 18 games. But as we can tell, these guys can't. They can't withstand the rigors of an 18-game regular season. Mm, uh, yeah. You know, I think the only chance that you might have, like you said, I mean, that would probably be the way to do it, expand the playoffs. Uh, what do you, Right now you have six teams in each conference. I mean, you could go to seven, I suppose. Maybe the, the one seed gets a bye, and then you have the other six teams all play each other. So that adds a couple of extra games uh, the opening weekend. I don't know if you have to add another week to the playoffs. Well, actually, yeah, what you could do is start the season a little earlier since you're not going to play so many AS preseason games. Well, yeah. that's true. You and the, and start the, before, in the place yeah. of the two games that you're not going to play in the preseason. Mm. You can start the season in the middle of August yeah. or something. Oh, and then we could actually get the Super Bowl back to January, God forbid. I mean, is yeah. that – they want to push it to Washington's It's going to be March pretty they, soon. Right, they, they wanted it – well, they wanted it on President's Weekend because you've got the built-in holiday. Now you don't have to decree super, the day after the Super Bowl is a national holiday because it will just land on President's Day weekend. So everyone will, most people will be off on Monday. Exactly. Uh, anyway, that's what they want to do. So they actually want to add a couple more weeks just to push it out further. Anyway, uh, this is the TOST Toddcast. Todd Blonier along with Howie McClellan, just like old times here on the uh, TV side. We'll be back in September, by the way, uh, with our next uh, TV show. We don't have an exact date for that yet, as I'm still trying to potentially line up a guest. So, uh, uh, But just uh, follow us. You can follow us on Twitter, at TOSTBMC, and you can also become a Facebook fan. Just search Time Out for Sports Talk, and I'll keep you updated when that uh, September show is going to be. Anyway, let's get to the Patriots. Now, this is our annual uh, Patriots preview, and, you know, I take it you've probably seen uh, some of the preseason games, and uh, the one thing I'll say, and I, I guess I didn't realize this, but watching Super Bowl 53 last year and that victory over the Rams, I did not realize how much that was actually less, well, it was a big, it was a big win, you know, obviously, you know, sixth Lombardi trophy for the franchise, but what I didn't know was is a sneak preview of the Patriots' uh, future, or at least, uh, you know, as you look ahead to this 2019 team, and even just watching them this preseason, I mean, they've limited their opponents to uh, to 23 points in the preseason, and they have had a smothering, well, I've noticed this right off the bat, I've watched like bits of each game, and their defense right now, I mean, they're getting to the quarterback, which is something they, you and I have always kind of gone, I wish they had more of a sustained pass rush. It looks like they might have it now. And you, you hear other, you hear like former players talking about this too. This could be historically maybe one of the best Patriots defenses ever. And I mean, maybe we're going to be comparing it to say those defenses of 03 and 04, which were strong veteran units uh, who were all, you know, players in their prime and they looked strong then, but you're looking at the way they're playing right now. And I don't, on de- defensively, I don't see a whole lot of weak spots on that defense. Yeah, no, the only thing that'll mess that defense up is if there's injuries, because like you said, right now they are. They, we've always said, you know, offense wins games, defense wins championships, and then they've gone out to prove it. I don't care how many people I talk about feel that the Super Bowl last year was boring. I thought it was awesome. I will take a game like that anytime where you're on the edge of your seat. You know, this back and forth, you know, throwing 60-yard bombs. Personally, I don't like that. I like to see a defensive battle. I like every inch to count, every single yard to count. You know, not just a you know fireworks show. Um, I want them down and dirty. I want them grunting and, and snorting at each other. You know, that's that's. I think you're going to get that. Yeah, and that's <laughs> what I, I see this team doing. You're right. They they and they and their pass rushes. 
is helping their defensive back so much. I mean, you get a, you get some pressure on the quarterback. I mean, before they weren't getting any pressure on him, and they had all day to throw, and nobody would be picking apart the uh, secondary. I mean, because they couldn't cover the. I mean, guys start scrambling and running everywhere. You know, you can't cover everybody for so long. But now, you know, that quarterback doesn't get the ball out in three, three and a half seconds. Boom, he's down. And defensive backs got to be loving it. You know. Yeah, I. It, you, you mentioned that you think you know one of the things that could bring the Patriots' defense down is injuries, but I I could maybe counter with the fact that you know their defense looks so deep right now, it, it, all through the you know from the front to the secondary that maybe they could withstand an injury or two depending on who it's to, uh, that they'll they'll probably come out of it okay. I mean I just uh, you know I'm just looking at I mean even the way some of these you know uh, like you know one of their rookies this year Chase Winovich who's had a huge yes. uh, start to the season uh, wearing Rob Ninkovich old number has almost the same kind of similar sounding name and uh you know those golden locks of hair and, yeah who's, uh, who's, who's, okay, uh, why am i drawing a blank who's the guy in the pack is with the long clay horn? matthews yeah, yeah that's who's actually about. now with the raiders yeah he's uh, our clay matthews he that's is, all i yeah. think of when i see that flowing along blonde hair. and they mm. keep saying he's got a motor that doesn't quit the guy is just go 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 mm. he's, he's like uh, speedy gonzalez yeah you know and then the other thing we're seeing with this defense, too, you know, I honestly thought one of the big losses from the offseason was going to be Brian Flores going down uh, to become the coach of the Dolphins. And, you know, we're also seeing now a defense that has been a 4-3 for a good decade, and it looks like they're going to morph back. You know, I've heard rumors that they're going to maybe kind of try to become more of a 3-4 again because they've got some depth at the linebacker position as well. Uh, that they're going to be, you know, I don't know. I don't think they've got a pure nose tackle, so I think they can't really play 3-4 all the time. I mean, you know, there is no Vince Wilfork on this roster, anyone remotely, 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 remotely close, close to that. So I think it's going to be kind of a hybrid where, you know, and again, that's probably typical of Belichick. But then there's the other thing. With Flory's gone, who is the defensive coordinator? Well, I guess it's it's Bill Belichick. It could be Steve Belichick, and it could be Gerard Mayo a little bit. I mean, they've all, we, we've seen Mayo and the younger Belichick uh, calling the signals to, during the uh, preseason. Yeah, uh, my, I'm leaning. It's Mayo. I mean, I really think he is. I mean, well, they officially named him linebackers coach, yeah. I guess. But Belichick or, you know, always like, does that when he loses a defensive coordinator. He doesn't name someone right away, but there's someone that makes the calls. You know, Patricia was like that. He didn't get named right away, but you knew he was making the calls. And the fact that you got a guy that played on that defense, played for that system, and knows it. Don't don't tell me those guys don't have so much respect for him. I mean, they'll do. They'll run through a brick wall for this guy because he's been there, and he just seems to be so calm on the sidelines. He knows what he's doing. You know, you know, he knows what he's doing because he used to be the one calling the plays when he was on the field. Right. So that's a good point. That's yeah. So he he has got the he's got this mindset to do it. You know, I mean, I mean, Belichick's son is probably getting groomed and learning it because his dad was a defensive guy defensive coordinator before he became the greatest head coach around yeah. um but right now i think it's mayo's job you know i mean i have to admit i was a little surprised you know right off the bat this preseason seeing the watching some of those games and seeing him mail with the headset on and, and calling out plays and things because i mean this is his first year back after taking a couple of years off working you know doing some uh, tv broadcasting work and you know just jumping right back and usually belichick doesn't give you a control right you know right away but i think you bring up an interesting point the fact that you know mayo was such an effective signal caller when he played when he was on the field and so maybe yeah. this is just kind of an, an, a natural extension of that in belichick Belichick sees it that way. Yeah, he was the coach on the field. He, he was calling audibles when he was playing, so he knows what's going on with the defense. He, he knows what the offense is saying. He knows what he sees. I'm sure he still watches a ton of tape. You know, and he's like, he's almost like like Brady said. He goes, there isn't much I can throw. I, I, there isn't anything to throw at me that I don't know. And I think 
defensively, Mayo's probably in the same boat. There isn't a lot they're going to do to him when he looks at an offense that's going to surprise him. You know, so that's going to let him put everyone in the right positions, and that's what their system's always been about, having the guys and putting them in the right place. Not so much that they have to have the greatest talent, but putting them where they're going to be the most effective and then using that, and that's what they do. You know, another thing, I had to look this up because uh, – you know, I, I, I wasn't sure. It still feels like, you know, uh, Bill's kid, uh, Stephen, named, of course, for Bill's dad. Uh, I, I had to look this up. He's Bill, uh, Stephen Belichick, Bill's son, is 32 years old. Yeah. I, and he's, he's been with the uh, organization now, I guess, a good maybe eight, ten years. Yeah, since he was, a, he was a ball boy at right, one point. Right, yeah. You know? I mean, you know, basically almost since he's been out of college, that was, you know, join the family business, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this kind of thing, right? That's, uh, you know, and, and like his dad, uh, neither he didn't play football either. He was a lacrosse player uh, in college uh, and in high school. So uh, it, kind of a similar knowledge set there. But, of course, watching his dad and learning from his dad and, you know, all those years he, he stayed there. You know, and maybe, his grandfather. You know, it's it's funny to think. I In my mind, I, I still think of him as this young younger kid, relatively speaking, yeah. but he's been there a long time. He's in his 30s now. I mean, when McDaniels joined the coach, Coaching staff when they made him offensive coordinator, I think he was 32. You know, so who's to? I mean, maybe it is time for Steve Belichick to. I mean, I don't. I, I think we think of it maybe in a joking way, or at least maybe we don't take him seriously because he's Bill's son. Maybe we don't know necessarily know is he really a talented? Is he talented on well, his own, or no. is he talented because he got a chance to work for his dad? Well, I mean, I'm sure that helps in it. But if he wasn't doing the job, he wouldn't be there. I mean, Belichick has no qualms about that. I'm sure if the kid couldn't do the job, he's not hanging around just because he's Bill's son. He's doing the job, and if he's not, he's going to know about it, and he's not going to be there. But I think he's grooming him, like I said, into the family business. You know, Bill's father was a coach, Bill's a coach, and the son's going to be a coach somewhere down the line. Although it's going to be tough for him to try to live up to that last name. Mm, Um, That's something I wouldn't want to have to do. But, um, yeah, I mean, why not? And he, and he said, I, I think, wasn't, um, didn't Belichick start as a, a secondary coach? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's what I mean. Back, so he went way, way yeah, he went through the whole system. Well, he started he almost like as the ball boy type. You remember yeah, 1975? In yeah, uh, Ted Marchabrota was the head coach at the yeah. time down there. Yeah. Took I mean, him on. He was te- getting coffee, running copy no- copy notes. And, picking uh, up yeah. guys at the airport. Yeah, yeah you right, know, you know. I was going to say fax things. I don't think they had fax machines back then. <laughs> they, no, I think they probably 1970s. I'm sure they did. Yeah, we're yeah. pretty close. But you know what I mean? Yeah, so, it, you know, he started on the ground floor and worked his way up, and that's what the kid's done. You know, started as a ball boy. You know, and he's slowly gotten jobs, and he's worked, and then he, you know, became become the secondary coach, and you know, now he's—I would call him the uh, assistant defensive coordinator, would be the way I'd put it, because yeah. I say Mayo right now is, yeah. and what a what a way to learn between your dad and, and Mayo. I mean, you can't you can't have better schooling than he's getting right now. So yeah, something tells me, you know, Bill's ultimately going to still have a hand in this defense anyway, and he'll be doing some of. I'm the, sure he always you did. Know, yeah, well, even more so, I think without Flores there, where he may have, I, I think he's just, you know, but like you said, he's also grooming his kid. But and Flores he's didn't get the title right away either. No, he didn't. And Patricia right. didn't. And Patricia, I mean, that's yeah. that's just the way it's always been. Yeah. With them, he he right. always, you, you know, y'all gonna be there, but yeah, it's going through me, and it always takes a couple of years before he'll finally give them that title, you know. But he makes them earn it, you know. Right. You know, looking at the rest of that defense, though, I mean, I, I just look at the the tremendous step. There's a lot of guys here who I've been reading maybe on the bubble when the cuts come up uh, soon, and that includes uh, a guy you love to uh, adoringly call uh, Potato Chip, Dietrich Wise uh, Jr. Yeah. Um, 
you know, he may be on the bubble. A Landon Roberts could be a bubble guy uh, in the linebacking core. They can't uh, trade him. Hoya could be on the bubble. I well, mean, it, yeah. They don't necessarily like to keep three quarterbacks, but in the way this kid Stidham's played, I mean, he's been yeah. impressive. You know, he gets the ball deep. I mean, he's made some stupid mistakes as trying to force the ball. But all in all, I mean, for a guy that just came in, I mean, he supplanted last year's quarterback draft picker. Yeah. You know, and, and I mean, Hoyas had a great uh, preseason, too. That's the amazing part. You know, so like I said, like I said, Colts, you need, he's been in your system. You need a quarterback. <laughs> We're looking for a center or a tight end. What do you got? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, well, it's an interesting point. Well, yeah, let's talk a little bit but then about the, you know, we've seen very little of Tom Brady. We already know what he's all about anyway. Uh, you know, the 506 passing yards for Stidham, I guess, is the third highest of any quarterback this preseason for whatever that's worth. And it's probably not worth a whole lot. But, uh, you know, certainly I think it was very telling that in the week three uh, preseason game, against Carolina, which is the all-important one, as it's always dubbed. Uh, Brady played about a quarter and a half or so, and Stidham played the entire rest of the game. And in fact, though I think it was the week before, or maybe in the first week that Belichick, uh, there was a point he put Stidham back in the game for Hoyer when they got like backed up on their Two, one or two yard line. I think he wanted to put Stidham back there in a real pressure or, situation. You know, first football, situation, yeah. right, and see how he would fare in that spot. So he's yeah. he's given Stidham a lot of rope here, and Stidham certainly has looked pretty decent to the point where, yeah, I mean, let's face it, the only time in the last few years that Belichick's carried three quarterbacks was you know when Bel- when Brady was serving that suspension to start the season a couple of years ago, and then he needed three quarterbacks. Oh, but yeah. you know, and, certainly- and when Brady came. They they were carry when he first came he was the third quarterback he was the fourth quarterback fourth quarter, actually okay. yeah, that's right it was the fourth quarterback back in two thousand when they originally drafted him but yeah I mean obviously that's an, an awful long time ago I mean the trend nowadays is really you know especially when you look at all the the depth that the, the Patriots have and the fact that they've got some tough decisions to make at so many other positions I can't see how they're I can't see how they're not going to only go with two quarterbacks here and instead of like you say I mean your thoughts you you've been impressed with them so far oh yeah seen? Well, yeah because they're gonna they're gonna have to keep him because he's they're not gonna sneak it they're not gonna sneak him on the practice squad that's just not gonna happen no. someone will pick him up so <laughs> hello Colts back to that yeah. right you know they're so like you said I mean there's only 53 <laughs> slots can you afford a third quarterback you know unless someone gets a mysterious injury and can't play for six or eight weeks or you know the old uh, IR, but well, they've had a, they've already had a couple of those here in the early going, and I still think there's going to be a tough decision to make. I mean, it looks safe to say Andrews is going on IR. He's going to probably miss the whole season. Uh, one of their special teams guys, Brandon King, got hurt in the uh, the win against yeah, Carolina. He's done, I think. He's for the done. Year. Yeah, I think he, I think as soon as you they put you on the truck, I think that's pretty much a bad sign. If you can't walk off on your own power, you, you probably. Not Although gonna... it still amazed me that, that when Brady took that hit from Paul, that he did walk off the field. That's, oh, yeah, the, he did know, walk we, yeah. off the field and walk down those stairs, um, and, and it still amazed me to this day because you don't see that in mo- most guys mm. that have that injury. You know, like I said, you're yeah. on the cot, you're out of here, but he still walked off. That t- still amazes me to this day. Yeah, I mean, you know, before we get to the whole, you know, get to the offense situation again, you know, talking about all these guys defensively, I mean, a guy, you know, the return of Jamie Collins, he's looked pretty good this preseason. Uh, you know, he certainly got a spot, and that's what's creating, I think, the bubble for other players. You know, and then in the secondary, I guess we've got now, we've got a question there involving Patrick Chung and this recent indictment news and how that's going to play out. I mean, Chung right now is back practicing with the team. He's going to continue to do so until some sort of judgment comes down, and then the league will probably have to assess their 
their own brand of punishment, whatever that might be. And we all know how yeah. wonderful I, the uh, league is and uh, how consistent they are. And, oh, especially you know. when it comes to the New England Patriots. Mm, yeah, you know? right. But I, I'm hoping you find it, it, it's you know tough that it's happened possibly, but I'm, you know I you know they test these guys, so I would think if he was doing cocaine that it would have been brought yeah. out. But I think it, I'm hoping or thinking that you're going to find that it was just some friends of his. They were staying up there. Um, this all came down. They were the ones doing it, and maybe he did, maybe he didn't know about it. Um, but unfortunately, he's it's in his house, yeah. so he's responsible, right. and that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold said so. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, well, you know, I mean, Chung is a team captain, and I, I think Belichick has an awful lot of trust in Chung. He treats him as he's one of he looks at him as one of his sons now, almost. And so the fact that he might, you know, I, I think if he was. Regularly oh, yeah. doing coke, I think Bill would already have yeah. known about it, and exactly. certainly would he would have stripped him of his captaincy and probably just bounced yeah. him right out. Say, so, yeah, yeah, I'm sure if there was any doubt, that would have happened. So yeah. I, that's why I'm saying you're gonna probably find it was friends, relatives, you know, people that were staying there that were doing it. And was he even there when they when they came? I don't uh, think so. No, no he wasn't. That's the whole thing. He was out. Uh, yeah, wasn't it? I guess it, it, an alarm went off, you know, and they called the cops because the silent alarm went off at the place. I was, I was almost going to say this happened in July while they were training him, but I think it did happen earlier than that. But he may yeah. have not been. It's not his. I don't think it's his primary residence. No. It's just it, like a secondary place up in New Hampshire. Yeah, right on Winnipesaukee and Meredith. Right, which I don't think he's even during football season making that his permanent place. No. I, I think he they, lives no, that'd be a long commute. Yeah, that would be a long commute. Yeah, yeah exactly. No, they, they did say yeah. he, they, even the. Uh, um, the neighbors and stuff said that they don't see him there that often, you know. And when he's there, he's quiet. They, you know, don't know what you know. They don't know what's going on there. But um, it's just, it's just too bad it had to happen. Yeah. You know, it's just one of those things. Yeah. No. We'll uh, we'll have to wait and see how that uh, how that plays out. Okay. So now we'll on to the offense. And obviously, there's you know we already kind of debated here. I mean, so I think you and I are in agreement on probably going with two quarterbacks, Hoyer. I think they're going to try to trade him in, in maybe a situation like what's happened with the Colts now. Maybe you're right. Maybe it is a perfect match. I don't know that I should have probably gotten the tight end depth chart for the Colts because that's a question mark now for the Patriots. Uh, or a draft choice. Yeah, or a draft choice if maybe. number one next year might start to look real good. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm sure Colts management would be just thrilled to try to make some kind of a deal with the Patriots after everything that they've had to, you know, and everything they've said about the team, having McDaniel spurn them at the, at the 11th oh, yeah. hour. And, you know, yeah, that's, I don't know. I mean, they may just say, We're, we'll just we'll just go with no quarterback if we have to. I mean, that's, uh, you know. But, yeah, we'll run the wing T. Yeah, Ursay <laughs> would just, uh, I know how he probably feels at this point. But, yeah. Uh, um, so yeah, no, I'm looking. So looking at some of these other positions, obviously the tight end. You know, they're not going to have Ben Watson the first four weeks. Even when they have Ben Watson, I mean, the guy's 38 years old. I mean, it's great. He's in tremendous shape. It's great that he's still playing at 38. I don't think you can expect that much from him. I think Belichick would certainly be happy if he can just be a decent blocker, and that's probably what he's looking for the first four weeks from whoever he's going to uh, to keep. I mean, Matt Lacoste came over from Denver. Uh, then there's that guy Lance Kendricks, who they just brought in, who's going to have to serve a suspension himself. Now. Now, uh, Eric Saubert they traded for. Ryan Izzo. Now, that's interesting. I guess he's in the uh, the bloodlines. I guess this is the son of the former. Yeah, I was wondering about I think, that. I think it's his son or maybe a nephew or something. Yeah. I don't know the full connection. You know, I know Brady hit him on a slant, and uh, that was certainly – he had more chemistry on that one pass with Izzo than uh, Brady did with uh, with Jacoby Myers, the undrafted yeah, wide receiver. Yeah, which was funny. And then when uh, Stidham came in, he went seven for seven. <laughs> to him, yeah, I know. Yeah, no. That's a great story, by the way. I hope that, I hope that turns out to be good. Well, and whole... let's talk about the receivers because now – 
Uh, there's, you know, and here's where the number crunch problem comes in. And yeah. part of the reason why you're going to have to. Josh Gordon. Well, you've got Gordon back. He's been activated. Demarius Thomas has been activated. Brady seems to love him. He seems to love Gordon. He's been hyping for Philip Dorsett, the former Colt who, uh, you know, came in the, uh, in the, the, the Jacoby Brissett yeah, trade. Yeah, Hoya. I mean, we got Hoyer in that too. Uh, yeah, you right. Yeah. That's well, yeah. I mean, so Brady's endorsing all those guys and we all know how Brady typically does with rookies. I mean, boy, Nikhil Harry can't even get on the field. Jacoby Myers has played great, but you know I don't think you know as great as he's going to look and with Stidham. And I don't that think kid they just see, released. You know, he had he had a decent preseason too. Uh, oh, Maurice Harris. Yeah. Or no, no, they yeah. put him on injured reserve. I'm, I'm, injured I'm reserve? looking quick at the. Yeah, I'm just looking really quick at the transactions. I have some. Oh, Dontrell Inman, you're thinking of maybe? No, no, no. Oh, you know, you were thinking of Harris. Harris yeah, I thought they gave, put him on waivers. Game was released. Yeah, it says here he's on injured reserve. That was as of yesterday. Yeah. Uh, that's what. That's the. I, I grabbed that right off the Patriots website. Yeah. So that's. Uh, so that's good news. He's not totally gone. Yeah. He might just be gone for this year. But. Yeah. But he'll be back. <laughs> maybe. Maybe next season. Um, we'll have to see. But yeah. So I mean, you know, the question is, how many receivers can they keep? Technically, Matthew Slater counts on the roster as a wide receiver because they don't really have a special teams designation. We all know he's not going to. But the point is, I mean, we've already listed off like six guys. And then not to mention, you know, Gunnar Olszewski is a possible return guy who they liked. Uh, Braxton Berrios, who the first couple weeks of preseason was getting a lot of return uh, opportunities too. So I I think he'll be gone. I think uh, Gunnar will be gone. Well, then, uh, he got so wait a minute. Week, well, and then he? of course we've left out the one other. We've left out the biggest name, uh, Edelman. <laughs> yeah, you forgot <laughs> about back him. From the, well, and you know, but and then the thing is, with if you keep Gunner or you keep Barrios, you keep one of those guys. It takes a little pressure off of Edelman having to return punts. And I think, given Edelman's age and wear and tear, I, I think Belichick would love if he could to be yeah. able to keep you know someone to so that Edelman only has to maybe return the really big punts. Uh, Bottom you know. line is there's a lot of decisions that got to be made. There's going to be a lot of people that will let go that probably would make most teams, um, but we just don't have the room. Whether they can slide a couple of these guys onto the, uh, I used to call it the taxi squad. Yeah, well, you know? it, it still works. It kind of is. It yeah. Practice squad, taxi squad, yeah, whatever. Yeah, so, I mean, that's going to be, I think one of the things that's going to be interesting, well, I was, first I was interesting that um, they got rid of Ryan, Ryan Allen. Right, yeah, you know, okay. And, yep. and kept Bailey, but now the big question is, are they, are they having a problem with the snap to hold? Because um, the punter is automatically the holder in Allen, and, and uh, Gostowski had a really good thing going. They had a good Unless they could get Stidham can, you know, I mean, it used to be the quarterback used to be the holder. Right. You know, back in the days with the single bar masks. Yes, yes. Well, it's, I don't even think it goes back that far because I think Scott Zolak, who will tell you on his radio show, in fact, I, you may have even heard him mention it, uh, that he did it and he was wearing <laughs> he had although, the more modern yeah. helmet. Although but, I think I think he's going to uh, take a lot. Bailey's going to take a lot of pressure off uh, Gostowski because I think he's going to do a lot more kicking off. Yes. And that's going to save on the leg, which is going to be good because, let's face it, Gostowski's been around for a while. Well, let me ask you this with Gostowski, though. I mean, are you concerned here? They didn't bring anyone in to challenge him. He, he's only two for five on field goals. He's missed one field goal in each of the first three preseason But didn't they say games. two of them because of the hole? Well, okay, one was the late. Yeah. One you know, the laces were facing them. Laces. All I could think of was Ace Ventura, the Ace Ventura movie, Laces Out, Dan. You know, yeah, like, and there was, an, case, there was another one. They, the they, they blamed the whole, the whole thing, too. So yeah. so if you want to say he might, so he didn't miss, he missed one on his own. He missed the other yeah. two because of the, the snap to hold. So you're less so, concerned even given his history of like missing in playoff games, missing in Super yeah. Bowls. Well, play. I think with with 
the him not having to kick off as much, I think that's going to be a lot of help. It's going to say it's, it's like anything. It's, it's, it's okay. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. less repetitious, less wear and tear on the leg. Um, you know, it's, so it's it's got to help. You know, yeah. it's got to keep the leg strong. Assuming, of course, Bailey can handle the holding job, right? And if he can't, I mean, I think tra- I think that whole tradition with the backup quarterback being the holder. I mean, part of it is they want that backup quarterback ready at a moment's notice to be able to go in. And I I think part of it is during the training camp portion, it's easier for the punter to be the holder because all those kickers are off in their own little corner yeah. doing practicing together. So it's but it just- takes away the element of the surprise fake field goal or the surprise fake right. extra point because when you had a quarterback there, you had someone that could throw the ball, whereas when you got the punter hold in for the kicker, it makes it less uh, a chance of it happening. Well, unless you have a Tom Tupa type who can punt in and play quarterback. Yes, I remember him. They don't make many of those anymore. No, no. Um, So, yeah, I mean, just looking at this offense, too, uh, you know, obviously you have no Gronk. You know, Edelman's slow to come back, you know, coming back off that thumb injury. You know, you're going to have Gordon. I don't know how much you can expect out of Josh Gordon this year. I mean, I don't know if I don't know if this is really a guy you can rely on permanently anyway. Well, that's the whole thing. He's going to give him a lot, I think, but you can't count on him that he's going to carry you for the year. You got to use him as he's he's the whipped cream on the Sunday, and it's usually the first thing that goes to you get down to the ice cream. And, and, you (laughs) know, so, you know, it's great that he's here. Every catch he makes, I'm going to look at as gravy. And if and when it blows up, we'll say, okay, well, like last year, we got out of him everything we could. And it was wonderful to watch. Yeah. You know, I would love to see him make it through the year. I wouldn't want to bet my paycheck on it. But you also want to want to be one of those people then that takes the whipped cream bottle and just pours it directly into your mouth, bypassing the ice cream entirely. Cause well, you, you can do that, but eventually it's gone. <laughs> Eventually, okay. it's gone. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, no, just so. try to carry yeah. out your analogy. We're just, we're just going to have to ball and chain him on the uh, mm. the bye week. Yeah, apparently. Yes. I, uh, so, yeah. When, when is that again? Uh, November 10th. Yeah, that Oh, good. Weekend. So we'll have him for a good part of the season. There you go. We'll mm. have him right up till. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, I mean, you know, just uh, in general, though, I mean, you know, with the flux at the receiver spot and tight end, you just feel like again, you know, you you look back at that Super Bowl win against the Rams, and they they ran the ball. They were even the latter half of the season, they were more run heavy. You just feel like it's going to have to be that again. Uh, Sony Michelle's looked pretty good this preseason when they've used him, and and Damian Harris, who they drafted uh, the rookie, as uh, yes, he's looked very good. Yeah, so I mean, it just feels like and hey. You have a 42-year-old quarterback. I mean, I kind of expected at some point in time, you can't make it all about Brady anyway. You need no, to be able to, no. you know. So you've got strong defense, good running game. Wow, does this look a lot like the uh, the Giants teams that Belichick was a part of? with the, say, you know, it's 80s like and the 90s. Uh, Broncos there when Manning. I mean, when he's well, pretty that, much a game manager right. and the defense and at least Brady won that can, Super Bowl. Right, at least Brady can just keep Do more than a game one. manager. Right. Exactly. Yeah, so that's a that's a plus. So, you know, okay, well, let's uh, let's take a look at the uh, the schedule then this year as usual. I mean, well, even before looking at the schedule, how about just, Howie, who else do you see in the AFC now as a factor? I mean, obviously Kansas City's still right up there, no question. Mahomes is just, he, he's on the come and he's yep. looking And the good, Texans. I think the Texans think that, are going to, so, yeah. so Deshaun Watson with a full season under his belt. I don't know. I, yeah. I've heard some offense, uh, they got some offensive line issues possibly in uh, Houston. So whether Watson can stay healthy, I mean, he may have to start using those legs more than he'd want to just to be yeah. able to. And they got, they got to make sure, they got to, they got to do something about Clowney. Isn't he... Uh, he hasn't signed yet, right? I don't believe uh, yeah, so, no. So, yeah, yeah. There, was there a report today that he was talking to the Dolphins? Yeah. Uh, to, well, maybe they're trying to say uh, a sign and trade or kind of make a deal. They gave him a little time to, you know, if you want to talk to him, see if you can work out a contract, and then we'll talk right. type thing. But, um, you know, they've always had a good defense, so... 
You know, and they would, did go on a nice run last year too after the after their first three or four games, and they went on a nice run. Yeah, yeah, oh, they did. Yeah, their their defense is pretty good. I just don't. Yeah, I don't know offensively if they can uh, necessarily uh, compete. Watson does look like he he could be something special, but again, part of that's going to be keeping him healthy. Uh, you know, certainly Pittsburgh with with their losses on offense, I wouldn't count them out totally because with Roethlisberger still there, they can be formidable, although I don't know if their defense is that good. And frankly, every time they play the Patriots, the Patriots seem to know exactly what they're going to do, and they're going to beat them anyway. Yeah. So no matter what, and of course, you know, that just goes right to opening night, <laughs> September 8th at Gillette Stadium. Steelers coming in Sunday night. Uh, they'll unfurl that sixth yeah. banner. I got to tell you, um, I'm going to, you know, with my new job, I'm going to miss not having Mondays off. <laughs> just remember, short commute. You can at least sleep. If you want to sleep in a little later on uh, on Monday. Well, yeah, I don't can, start so. till late now. So right, yeah, there you go. Yeah, I right. get a little bit. Maybe, maybe the first half go. is uh, doable. But, there you, you know. go. So we'll we'll talk about that later. <laughs> but you know, in, you know, they're playing the uh, Patriots are playing the NFC East this year. So I mean, obviously, Redskins. You know, they're always a hot mess. Giants. Uh, you know, Saquon Barkley special, but I don't know what else they really have. Uh, you know, Philly will probably be good. Dallas will be good. I mean, yeah, so half those teams will be good. And then you look at some of the other AFC teams they play. they got the, the surging Cleveland Browns who are ready to try to take yeah. that next step. Uh, you know, the Ravens, who I think always play the Patriots tough. I think you have to discount yeah. whatever. I think Oakland's still in the toilet. they got nothing. I've watched a little hard knocks. They do look like they're – I mean, they have Antonio Brown. It's a, it's but, a, it's a circus. Know. It's a whole yeah. circus there. This whole thing about the helmet and the feet and – it is. I it, thought it, I was watching the Fox pregame show because I saw Frank Caliendo pop in on, on Hard Knocks. He's, like, interviewing the, uh, the the Raiders or something. He's doing his impressions and stuff. I'm going, so, okay, so where's uh, where's Howie Long? Where's uh, Terry Bradshaw? Oh, wait a minute. No, I'm watching training camp with the Raiders. This is, like, I don't know what this is, you know, but. Uh, exactly. Or wherever. Oh, no, actually, I think Caliendo's on ESPN now. Well, whatever. Anyway, yeah. but you get my point. Um, yeah, and then, of course, uh, also later in the year, you talk about Houston and Kansas City Patriots will be playing them both in December. Uh, I mean, what do you ultimately see uh, as a uh, final record? I mean, I'm probably putting them at 11 and five again, which I know everyone would say is not great, but they were 11 and five last year and won the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'll, I'll go. I'll go with my 12 and four. Uh, I'll, I'll go out on the limb. <laughs> okay. I was gonna say 11 and five, but I just we, get, we can't we can't have the same number. So, yeah, and, uh, and I'm not gonna go 10 and six, so I'll go to okay. 12 and four. All right. Well, and then my other question would be this: I mean, the Patriots are trying to make some kind of history because if I remember correctly, I don't think in Super Bowl history no team has ever made it to four consecutive Super Bowls, and the Patriots uh, are going well, for that. Yeah, I don't... they did. Buffalo. Buffalo. Oh, I'm sorry, Buffalo. Okay, they're the only. I think they're the only ones. Yeah. I think it's just. But the they Bills. lost them all. But you're yeah. right, and that's kind of why I sort of forgot about it. I know Bills fans would like to do the same, uh, but you're right. Okay, so just the Bills. But I think the, so. The Bills are the only other team. So the Patriots will try to at least tie the Bills and make their fourth consecutive Super Bowl appearance, uh, and fifth in six years. Which just when you think about it, is just it's crazy. That's I mean, they they're certainly going to be right. They're certainly going to be one of the uh, the final teams. There's no question about that. Yeah, I would be oh. surprised if they weren't. All right. Well, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Well, anyway, uh, we will uh, kind of wrap things up here and remind you. Uh, where did I put those those notes I had? Yes. Yeah. Uh, don't forget. To, one more time. Don't forget to follow us on uh, on social media. Search Timeout for Sports Talk on Facebook. On Twitter, our handle is at TOSTBMC. Again, we'll keep you updated on when that uh, when our next uh, TV show in September will be. We'll be in September sometime in the latter half of the month. And and call a- in, please. Yes. Call in. Yes, the number 617-484-2443. We would love callers. We'd love to hear from you. We're looking uh, We're looking forward to coming back in uh, September on the TV side. So, Howie, uh, thank you very much. Uh, yeah, 
Pleasure get, to be here. Let's get ready for some more football. Yeah. Let's go, let's Patriots. Do, get ready for some football. There you go. So until the next time, this is Todd Bloniars for Howie McClellan. I want to thank you for checking out the TOST Toddcast right here on the Belmont Media Podcast Network.